Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Kubrick's unbelievable desire to put an eight-minute space scene. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I know I've made some very poor decisions recently, but I can give you my complete assurance that my work will be back to normal. I've still got the greatest enthusiasm and confidence in the mission, and I want to help you. Cue the theme song! Good evening, Dave. Everything's running smoothly, and you? Well, I don't think there is any question about it. It can only be attributable to human error. This sort of thing has cropped up before, and it has always been due to human error. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. All right, Hal. I'll go in through the emergency airlock. Without your space helmet, Dave, you're going to find that rather difficult. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? of in movie terms we're going back to 1968 you've heard about it have you seen it 2001 a space odyssey odyssey is like one of those words that's impossible to spell i find what do you think yeah i I, I was quite upset that you guys had never seen this it i always assumed you both had seen it Honestly, this seems like the kind of thing that would be up my alley, but I just never felt like watching it. Just because it was Kubrick, and I mean that alone. Yeah, I had also yeah Kubrick directed, produced, wrote and wrote, co-wrote, yeah, um, wrote,ing starring nobody you've ever seen, uh, probably again, um, Kier Dula, Dulia, and Gary Lockwood. That Gary, tell you. Yeah, so the reason I had not seen this movie in its entirety, I had seen bits and pieces, and when I saw those bits and pieces on like late night TV or whatever, way back when, it was always, the bits I was seeing was always confirming what I had heard about this movie, which is that it was very slow and boring. And like back when I was young, I was going to watch Star Wars or Star Trek or um, The Last Starfighter or Enemy Mine or something like that, right? Those Those... Uh, space-based movies that had like more action this movie I I would have thought at the time would have been over my head Um, and I can definitely confirm today that if I had watched it as a young person it would have been way over my head yeah I mean so that's why I had never seen it I mean this is definitely uh, it feels like a very a very very expensive art piece movie which art house film but with a gigantic, I don't even know what the budget would have been in '68 for this, but I think it took him four it's, years to make this. It's with like all 10, of them. 10 or 15 million. With all the models, yeah. with all the models and the uh, and the special effects and stuff they pulled off in this, which were like revolutionary at the time. So very they still look pretty good, man. They do look oh, good. God, it's insane. Not their monkey looks. costumes. But their space effects and the miniatures and all that shit is wicked. And the fact that we talked about all those backgrounds are painted, which blows my mind. No, 
Okay, so I do want to talk about this after we say what this movie's about, which is going to be <laughs> super fucking difficult, every, isn't it? Every uh, time. I always no, but like some, I don't know how you explain There were some this. Yeah, there were some apes and then there was a monolith and then the apes figured out that bones can kill. Uh and then we skip way ahead and we got some people who have started to conquer space. And um, there's a basically a moon outpost, and while we're there, we figure out that there's some weird shit going on, and then we see a monolith again, and it uh, screams at us, and then we jump ahead more months, and uh, we run into these dudes who are on a space mission on a pretty crazy spacecraft with a crazy AI robot, and uh, the mission, I have every confidence in it. I'm very enthused. I, I actually, very enthused. I actually, uh, I actually found a really good synopsis, which is like a sentence long. Shockingly, but it leaves out a lot of that stuff at the beginning with the apes. But it's after discovering a mysterious artifact buried beneath the lunar surface, mankind sets off on a quest to find its origins with the help of an intelligent supercomputer named HAL Nine Thousand. Yeah, there you that go. That is now. If that's not a bad, actually, not a bad synopsis. That, that although that boils it cuts down. out like forty five or fifty minutes of movie <laughs> of the beginning of at the movie, least. yeah, well twenty at twenty least. minutes. So, so there is um, there is a thing where there is no dialogue in this movie for twenty five minutes. Um, so yeah. basically, the whole first act has no dialogue in it, which is pretty crazy feat. Like you got to balls as a director in a talky color movie to do <laughs> twenty five minutes. Of no dialogue. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I can't imagine that even would have been normal at this time for any movie no, in general. Like, I don't think any movie's uh, ever done done that that has dialogue in it since. There are yeah. movies that just don't have dialogue, like uh, Baraka or something like that, but that's not this. No, it, it's not. Um, what's interesting, and Brent, you were going to talk about this before, we initially thought that in the opening scenes um, with the apes that uh, the backdrops were these big canvases, these big paintings. Um, what I actually found out since we watched it is that um, he had this guy, these these still photographers go out into this massive landscape. He Apparently uh, Kubrick, who was a, had a pilot's license, didn't like to fly, so he wouldn't go to this location to shoot it. And so he was talking to these people live via phone, which is like must not have been an easy thing in 1968. Um, maybe it wasn't phone. He was just anyway communicating live and he had a big grid of the landscape and he would get them to zoom in on different parts and take all these crazy high definition photos. And then they came back to a giant 360 degree roading soundstage and they put the biggest projection screen in history at to that time up and they used a trick of um, uh, projecting at a, onto a mirror at a 45 degree angle that would then reflect on this giant projection screen. And because they use the mirror shadows from the, um, from the projection wouldn't cast from the actors. So it wouldn't ruin it. And then they put a camera up to shoot behind the reflection. It's crazy how they set this up. Um, (laughs) yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And the way they did it. So it's, 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 and then they could rotate this huge, um, circular stage around to get different sets of landscape. And then they could project whatever backgrounds in the back with no, weird lighting we, or anything we like goddamn that. We goddamn just watched this technology being reimagined. Yeah, the Mandalorian. Like the Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're that's crazy. Except for yeah. much more sophisticated. But this is oh, this yeah. is uh, very much so got to be the first kick at that can, can it? Yeah, I, I think this was super, super revolutionary. Hundred um, percent, it was. No one was doing so this. Cool it was painted. Did Colin say it was all painted? No, there was a lot of painting. There is a lot of painting. Kubrick said that it would take thirteen years for one person to paint all the paintings they used in this movie. Yeah. So, so there are paintings, but clearly it's not it just the, wasn't it's these not landscapes. The, the stuff in the beginning, I guess. Okay, it well, must that have makes been sense because I was. It like, must have been space and expert created landscapes that are got so the like planets so the planets feet. the planets in space are then jupiter and earth and the moon and stuff those are all paintings mm. right i can't say for sure but that that would make sense because that would be the next big opportunity unless they some yeah it had to have been that way maybe i had never heard this stuff about the projection that's really cool and brent's right that is a direct example of what the mandalorian is doing in an, a completely technologically different way but it's very instead similar of projection instead of projection they're like high def monitors yeah which once again big can move TVs, yeah big screens lcd yeah. so you can put whatever at a 360 around the actors and so it lights the, the right lighting, lighting and the color the color of the light is the same as the image rather than green yeah which has always been the issue with the screens whether it's a blue yeah, screen it, or a green screen that's the future of it, of it all for sure. Oh yeah, no, the way we're um, shooting the Mandalorian now is, is, is that's, I mean, that's going to be the standard like going forward. I think. So we, um, the one thing uh, was we watched this movie in high def, and we were wondering how, um, like how updated it would it would look, and so the reason we we noticed that the backgrounds like it, I don't know, not the reason, but we we noticed immediately that the backgrounds looked noticeably like we thought it was you know a painting at the time um it was a projection so it it stands out a lot more in high def it really days, did look like it's totally painting. understandable and and like the, the the costumes that you guys mentioned before too on the on the monkeys aren't aren't amazing anymore but still I, like I, they sell it right i gotta say i i i didn't they the costumes didn't bother me that much i mean i didn't really notice no. them I, I maybe i didn't focus on them i i, I noticed them I'd watched it right before I saw it with you guys and never even really picked picked on the issues with the costumes but but I definitely the, wa- washed over that the first time I saw it like before I no, watched it. No, it's really guys. just the monkeys and I don't feel like it killed the movie at all. Like it just it's no, just I something think, that we laughed about cuz you could see yeah. sometimes like the plastic one or two lips shots and stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah. they a lot of the shots are wide shots, and uh, so they don't really focus on the close-ups of them with the makeup and the suits. Mm. But uh, yeah, I I did feel like that that section could have been much far much far shorter. That like, section I don't could be think, a lot shorter. I think we you don't need twenty five minutes to get it. If if you wanted to do that as the inciting incident, which I kind of think it was, you could have made the monkeys eleven minutes instead of twenty five. But I, but I also want to say when that was going on, we were having a conversation about how long that was and how unnecessary it was. And when it finished, I don't know if you remember, Colin, uh, your words were, I actually kind of like the length. Having experienced now through the scene um, and, and came to the conclusion of like the club thing, like it was a well-built narrative there. It, it, it was long and it could be cut shorter, but I, th- I see. I think it was you. Maybe it was John. One of you was like, "I didn't actually mind 
that time taken. I was. Am I wrong? Uh, well, I, I mean, wasn't. I, I don't what, know if I what I said me. at the time, but I wasn't a fan. I, did I say I, it? And I was like, "Did you recall him just said?" I would have. I would have preferred if the inciting incident was when the monkeys figured out that the, you saw the the op. Like somebody said that the obelisk or whatever it is 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 uh I don't know if it was me or through discussion we talked about it that it was it was evolving them. So every time that humanity would find this throughout the movie that they would they would take another step in the evolution whether that was space travel and then yeah. so I actually kind of really like that idea because there's definitely an evolution or a, or a, I mean a component to the the beginnings of man and uh, and the ends of man and birth and rebirth and there's all sorts of symbolism going through this movie so I kind of like that idea of the obelisk like propelling uh, a race forward which is kind of cool mm. I never noticed that before this viewing that that's what it was I think that's the right way to describe it um, yeah it seems to set forth the next phase in evolution and, and then everything kind of comes to an end and goes full circle and, and maybe we're supposed to have a more of an appreciation for the life cycle of not just one person's life but a um, what are people humans right a life cycle of humans going from you know early monkeys to you know infinite planets i don't know we're all made of the same stuff i mean i really like the take especially because it's a big question of like what propelled the brain growths to to, to like triple or quadruple or whatever it was you know through our evolutionary stages and like what really kicked us to that next level that's something that that people don't really fully understand so i like the obelisk fucking theory that like yeah. aliens yeah. or some other thing and had a hand in it and just kind of like shot down this this catalyst for that change, right? And then everyone kind of fucking touched the obelisk and then they were like, yo, I bet you I could beat the fuck out of somebody with this club. <laughs> and then every, yeah. then just, you know, on to the next stage. I really like that, actually. It's, it's, uh, it's an interesting it's, theory. Like there's so many different theories about this movie that I think that, that is, yeah, that's one sure. that feels like it's got a, a basis, like that they were trying to say something about that in the movie. The uh, uh, the other thing is, is Carl Sagan, who co-wrote this with uh, Kubrick, said in an interview that if people understand the movie, then they they did they did their jobs wrong. So I think him and Kubrick Kubrick were intentionally making it uh, very open to interpretation because they that's how they wanted the story to go. But then apparently years later. <laughs> He he reversed his statement and said that perhaps they should have they should have uh, written the script a bit more uh, you know had it make more sense to people. So well, Kubrick so, apparently said what it was about. Oh, if he has, I haven't heard. But yeah, he said oh, yeah. he said at the ending, anyways. He says the idea. So and I quote because it's in front of me here. The idea was supposed to be that he is taken in by a godlike entities, creatures of pure energy and intelligence with no shape or form. They put him in what I suppose you could describe as a human zoo to study him, and his whole life passes from that point on in that room. He has no sense of time. It just seems to happen as it does in the film. Okay, well... Which is 
probably not the best take. Like you probably should have kept that under your hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't say that. Yeah, once again, very similar with Donnie Darko. Um, when now that someone explains it to me, it's less interesting. Um, and so you, it's I'm shocked I'm that he would have even. I'm I'm surprised he would have <laughs> even commented. That's actually. That's a Richard Kelly move. That's very fucking amateur. He should have never commented on that. I would have Dick taken Kelly that Kelly like, there just out of the blue. Because Richard Kelly's the Donnie Darker guy. I would have taken that shit yeah. to my grave. I would have taken that shit to my grave. That's just me. Um, you well, know, that's why people learned. think it's pretentious when artists say that. When they're like, when they're like, I don't talk about the meaning of this. Do you know what I mean? Like, I do it and I put it out, and then after I put it out, it belongs to whoever's seeing it. Is the that's a great right? answer though that's a it, good answer but that's the thing is that when when you first hear that and you don't really think about it it seems like a very pretentious like escape um from possibly facing the answers that you don't have an answer for maybe but once you see things like this you're like that's actually a really good answer because we should never know it's like the unknown is always more interesting our brain's always going to fill this in in a, in a different way and as long as we have those questions, once you tell us, then we can place a judgment on it. But if we don't know, we can never decide totally. Well, and we talked yeah. about this last week. This is the exact issue we had with the movie last week, where at the end of the movie, which we all really enjoyed, it explained to us what happened next. And, and by doing that, it then ruins our imagination into what happens with these characters. And we can no longer... We can no longer make our own decisions for what we think has happened. We're stuck with this one sentence that's really lame about what happened. And so I think, yeah. And Hal killed them all. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but like if at the end of this movie, it the words came up and it said what Stanley Kubrick's just said, Brent's quote, yeah, that yeah. would have been fucking yeah. shitty. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll 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 forget quickly what what Brent read. I've already uh, forgotten it. Go back to <laughs> it was interpreting something here. about gods and um, beings, but yeah. I love in futuristic movies when we get the opportunity to see uh, someone's vision of the future. Um, so the phone booths and and um, those kinds of things uh, seem kind of kind of funny. They're that those that kind of stuff is always funny to laugh at when our time period is you know. Um, more sophisticated or in yeah. some ways and I guess not the fact that they had like commercialized space travel uh, was was fairly interesting I also loved how uh, he made a phone call <laughs> which the, the problem too is it's so tough because this movie was made so long ago we have the ability to do what he did in a gigantic room with a gigantic screen with a chair with all this equipment was have the the face phone call conversation in this gigantic machine he had to like sit in we do that with our phones so i mean so it's just tough man because that's the issue is is they knew we were going to have face calling but, but they didn't realize how quickly the technology was going to evolve and like so far oh, yeah. beyond like our phones are better technology than their spaceships in this movie <laughs> hey real quick did you see carl sagan co-wrote this movie with Kubrick? Uh, I believe it was Carl Sagan. If it wasn't Carl Sagan, it was someone similar Arthur to C. Carl. Clark, right? There you go. Sorry. It was Arthur C. Clarke, yeah. Sorry. Carl Sagan 100%. would have been an exciting contributor. I'm I sure. was going to say, it doesn't not make sense, so I didn't question well, it. Well, Arthur C. Clarke it. is very similar. He's an, He was a science fiction author. And, He's a writer, uh, yeah. yeah. But he was also so, so like, he was also pretty different from Carl very Sagan. well educated in space. 
And that's, uh, yeah, like he, he would have done his research. That, for that's sure. but his that was his whole life. Arthur C. Clarke's the one who um, is at the beginning of uh, the beginning of the movie Steve Jobs, where he's talking to that guy about the computer and what the computer is going to mean to us in the future. And they have all those giant computers like the size of filing cabinets. And he's like, one day you will make movie reservations and you'll be able to work anywhere in the world from one of these things and you'll have one in your home. So he he was definitely a futurist who people respected. And he wrote a bunch of these books. This was this. He wrote a sequel to this book as well. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, maybe it was mm. the 2010. I don't know. Oh, so I found this. Kubrick actually... Um Clark introduced Kubrick to Carl Sagan to discuss the movie, but Kubrick found Sagan to be patronizing. <laughs> so after an hour of their meeting, Kubrick told Clark to get rid of him. I don't want to see him again. Uh, <laughs> All right. That's so awesome. That's super funny. So you would have definitely um, have read something about that probably, and that's what sunk into your brain. I just, I always, for some reason, get those two confused. I don't know why. That's really funny. That is funny, though, that that happened. And that does make <laughs> sense because, you know, the reason I probably get them confused is because they are around the same time, too, which which totally uh, makes no sense that they cross paths with one another. Those two guys, they ran in the same circles. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's really interesting and funny that Kubrick and him didn't get along. I mean, those guys are, I mean, they're both like, I mean, all three of those guys are like crazy geniuses. Arthur C. Clarke, Kubrick, and uh, Sagan. There you go. Throw Einstein in there. There you too. go. That would have been cool. Um, yeah. So uh, at this point in the movie, I was like trying hard to understand um, kind of what was going on and trying to, you know, measure its relevance in the greater story. So, I mean, they had a, a big kind of meeting at a moon base where, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This dude was. What was the dude doing in front of? Like the chairman was. Was he stepping down or was he like denying? He was just telling. No, he was telling people to go along with the lie, and it's for the good of like basically mankind and like not well, talk about. Well, what was happening was he knew those some of those people socially, uh, the woman and uh, somebody else. But the guy who he didn't know socially was like a director or something of some other department, and he wanted to know what was going on on the dark side of the moon or whatever which they had created that cover story about there being some kind of an epidemic so people didn't know they found that alien uh, obelisk and that guy the guy was pushing his luck he kept he kept pushing him on it he kept saying he couldn't talk about it or whatever and he was just like oh come on you know you you, you should tell us cuz we tried to land a ship there and it, it got it was a uh, the thing with this movie is <laughs> so if somebody <laughs> does something you get to see them do the whole thing so yeah so you get to see him walk down walk up say hello to the people sit down awkward pause they talk that that goes on for like 10 minutes like (laughs) if somebody goes to the bathroom you see them get up walk down the hallway the whole time never cutting the camera going to the bathroom how long it takes to take a piss wash their hands it's it's what he does this whole movie and it, it kind of drives me up the wall because <laughs> with a little bit of editing, you could have really cut a lot of shit out of this fucking movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And it would, you don't even need like a, like a, 
a delicate hand. Do you know what I mean? You need a surgeon's <laughs> no. touch to make cuts from this movie. You need a chainsaw. It's a pretty not a fucking, scalpel. Uh, open territory. A chainsaw would have been good. We're talking now guys, we the odd couple we level of cutting. We shouldn't we shouldn't pile on. However, uh, at a thing later on when dude's trying to redock at the station when Hal won't let him, it's eight minutes to line up that dock. We fucking timed it. Eight minutes to like slowly approach the dock. Uh, it's, eight minutes. So you because you get to see him not only find out that that guy is in in trouble but then walk through the whole goddamn space station to the shuttle spin it around in a circle him get inside it the door open it fucking leaves you could have goddamn cut him seeing that guy's body flying to him flying the shuttle and grabbing the body like you could have fucking literally cut to that yeah. there, there are even ways you could have built suspense by playing on how slow everything had to move so you had to do it safely right you could have done that and still cut some of that by like 70 percent i don't know man it's tough it's hard like like it would not have been uh that hard to edit some of these things out i like i i for him it was the spectacle because he wanted people to see the spectacle of working in space, traveling in space, space, which the audience has never seen before. But I still don't think they need two and a half hours of it. I think it's two and a half hours, right? Well, like the yeah. the Stargate like fucking the star the Stargate's eight minutes. Yeah, and we've seen Stargates in many movies. We've seen a Stargate in Thor, um, Ragnarok. And like it was not even Stargate. Long. I was gonna say, what about Stargate? <laughs> Stargate, the Stargate's like fifteen and Stargate seconds. SG one. That's like fifteen seconds. Oh. I bet you. I bet you the Stargate and Stargate's fifteen seconds because they knew less was more. But but also we're talking about this is a first, right? Yeah. Like this whole thing, and this this is a thing for me that kind of catches me is like because I go into that that scene there and I'm like this is way too long and while I was enjoying um, some of the visuals and stuff off of that like give me a bunch of acid and fucking send me into that movie um, at the same time um, you're thinking like back then this hadn't been done so like when this movie came this movie is culturally very significant and these long scenes like that were basically like I don't know they seem like braggadocious almost like look what we can do but also, like, enlightenment? I don't know. Does it, does that make any sense, really? I don't know what you meant by enlightenment, but I, I do well, get what you meant by enlightenment by, long, by like, exposure scenes. to the technology, to the ideas. Like, this movie is very big in scope. Um, not only technolo- <sighs> technologically and, like, graphically, but also, like, just in the content of it. And I feel like all of that kind of does come together during that Stargate moment, right? Everything before yeah. that is really, like, a collection of times right but but the but the, once again like like you can have a movie with big ideas without having eight minutes of space walking i'm not disagreeing with that at all <laughs> like the question is someone mentioned that to me, they're like well the well first of all in 1968 people said this was tedious long and boring and that was in 1968 we're in 2020 does does this movie suffer? From, does this movie hold up 
because of how it was. And, and back then it was considered boring, tedious, and long. So if it was considered boring, tedious, and long in 1960 fucking eight, what is it considered in 2021? When you can't watch more than a 15 second TikTok clip. I mean, what? Yeah. Like <laughs> I was, I, so I watched this movie previously with, before I watched it with you guys. So those moments I fast forwarded, like which were an audience, if you feel upset that we fast forwarded, was eight minutes of someone trying to dock a ship. So like a close up of them, yeah. then the outside of the ship spinning close up of them outside of the ship <laughs> close up of them outside of the ship for eight fucking minutes so yeah. i think it's okay that those were fast forwarded moments i knew that you guys would not be missing anything by missing eight minutes of that but to your but, point uh, about like we can't watch more than a 15 second tiktok clip without getting bored now like so is are we the problem no, but what I'm saying in 1968, people had that exact same criticism. It would be different if back then everyone was like, it's perfect and it's genius. People walked out of this. So in the premiere of this movie, which was 19 minutes longer, by the way, because Cuba cut it 19 minutes. Good, good the premiere of this movie, the Hollywood premiere with celebrities and stars and the tuxedos, 240 people walked out of this movie in 1968. In the premiere, that's pretty... Bad. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, is, even with our short attention spans, even back then, people were like, "Give me a fucking break!" Like, like I got shit to do. I got to get up in the morning. There's, there's, I think something. So first of all, like I can see why people uh, borrowed or were heavily influenced by parts of this movie. Oh, absolutely. The spaceship designs, uh, control panels, interiors of spaceships. Like beautiful. Why would you do it any different? It's gorgeous. The space shots, um, the, the, like all the camera shots, like lots of, um, Colin always has to remind me what, what's it called when you have like focus of foreground and background, Oh yeah, um, wide angle lenses. Yeah, like he just he does so huge much with, lenses, with wide angles. Yeah. Just huge. So you can see everything going on. It's he like so rich and busy. Too, yeah. So like you definitely see where people um borrowed from that. I saw stuff I saw I saw probably a hundred different things from other movies when I was watching this. Star Wars, um, like Alien, Alien, like fuck every fucking science fiction movie I saw people have like directly stealing from this. How many iterations so, yeah. of Hal have we seen? Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh my god! And for and for good 100%. reason. Like that. That's p- computers were like not very powerful back at this time. So to jump ahead to an AI that would fucking kill you in cryogenic sleep—that's terrifying. This is that's the terrifying first, today. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first movie. I mean, look at Aliens—a perfect example. This is the first movie where they had created a robot to help human beings and instead it turned on them because it thought it was superior and tried to kill them. Alien is a perfect example of that with the fucking robot. And then they they fucking even twist it around in the second one where they make you think the robot's bad, but then he's a savior at the end. Like, I mean, there's so much stolen from this. And I mean, you got to give credit to the book too because I believe most of that came from Arthur C. Clarke's novel. Uh, or See, at least that, a lot of it did. This might be a good book because oh, of the the length, right? Like it's lots of context, and there'd be lots of 
descriptions and, and lots of facts. Yeah, it might to, be. I've never thought novel about reading form, it. That's an be, interesting idea, It might be though. great. There would just yeah, be pages like, where it said, then... Yeah. The monkey <laughs> but kills this, this movie suffers suffers from a few, I think what we're coming to discover might be more like cardinal rules of of decent movie making and again from our perspective and what we typically seem to like we don't always agree but you know generally we're in the wheelhouse mm-hmm. um like who's the main character here uh like structure wise this it's movie's the, kind of i don't even know place yeah like there's no like conventional structure. no act and has every act has different characters in it so the first act just has monkeys in it so that's it. There's just monkeys in the first act. And in the second act, we follow this guy who's a family man who's going to space to basically to to investigate the obelisk and reinforce to everybody that is on the moon that's seen it that they're going to have to sacrifice to keep it a secret because the world isn't ready for it yet. I don't know what his name is. but And then in the third act, that guy's gone and we have like a whole new crew. So structurally, yeah. this is is a very strange movie. Like it's a fucking mess. Um, and we don't get to know our characters very well once we get down to uh, David and I don't even know the other guy. What are you doing, Dave? Uh, Gerard. Yeah. What are you doing, Gerard? Jerry. Um, yeah, like I don't get to know them well. I do get like the sense of tension. I, you can see how careful they are talking to Hal. So they like. He, he, they're we they seem weary around him even before shit started going wrong but especially after um so yeah like the, they never moments. seem to trust him they're always kind of like on edge around him yeah but he I still does don't hold feel their like lives the in his hands <laughs> yeah it's true they, yeah they I, treat him with kitten gloves for sure and i don't know dave really little bits but like not enough for me to be like rooting exactly i'm not rooting for hal i get that hal's the bad guy but i don't know so like those are just a few of the things it's like really challenges from what what i've come to understand makes a good well i like the experience yeah well that's what i mean is is it's structure but i actually like the third act i like that idea that that hal had made a mistake and it was such a blow to his ego that that he that he had to protect himself by killing everyone that knew that he'd made this mistake <laughs> because they were at fault he like projected his own guilt onto them that they were going to ruin his mission it's, yeah yeah it's actually really good that stuff um it's just we it takes but, us a long time to to meet those characters and and get to that part of the story but also n- almost none of that has anything to do with the obelisk or that overarching, th- I don't know, like I guess there's some kind of theme with artificial life maybe being a phase of, of human development or, or the next phase. But like it's not until all of the shit with Hal and the other the other astronauts are killed and the scientists are killed that he's like off on his own and finds the obelisk floating around. Who, so, was, the, who was the guy who called it that Hal was going to read their lips inside of the uh, spaceship? Uh, the shuttle. Me. It was. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. I thought it was you, but that was. Uh, when you said that, I was like, "Son of a bitch." Yeah, <laughs> was, I could see it coming because I was like, "Why don't they just close the door and keep their back to him?" Yeah, but they had to turn it around so that he could see their face. They were stupid. That was a dumb move on their part. That was a dumb move. But a but cool, a cool, a cool plot device at the time. I'm I sure. mean, and the sets. I mean, the sets in this oh. movie are amazing. 
the 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 rotating sets with them jogging or walking or the curvatures of the yeah it's really cool i mean like it does look good and the for even the furniture in this is like i'd still want the furniture today in my house the chairs that designed this were on point Oh, oh yeah oh yeah definitely I mean, everybody was on point. One of the guys who worked with Kubrick, and I believe it was the art director, said that this movie took four years. And after he finished doing it for this movie, he quit and he never did it again because he said he didn't want to anymore. He just stuck it out to finish this fucking movie. He was like, I'm done with this. Like Kubrick broke him, like broke him. (laughs) Like he was never the same. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to know, like, where to get into it more in this movie. Like, the stuff that's happening when he's spacewalking, like, it looks great, but it takes way too fucking long. Um, Everything is so brooding and and intentional, and, and yes, there's a lot on the screen for me to watch and see, but it's... It's not important to the story. It just it, looks it, good. It becomes static quickly, right? Like that's the yeah. less is more thing is the perfect example. Like the less you'd show of something, the more spectacular it would be. But he tends to not follow that rule whatsoever. And then it gets past the point where it's not just normal, but it gets boring. You're like, it's not. It's like, why am I still looking at this? Like, And you're like begging for cuts at points. Like you know why you're it's, tr- it's true. You were begging. You were begging, begging for, for cuts. It. That's not a good editing process. Yeah. Uh, how do you watch this movie as a director and not want to cut? That's the the discipline. Can you imagine the will it takes <laughs> to not cut <laughs> for like eight minutes of a fucking thing that nothing. No, everyone knows. Everyone knows what's going on. Like once you know, establish he's trying to dock and Hal won't let him in. That's it. That's all you, you need don't, to know. You, you don't need eight minutes. Even like just get to where he like uses the airlock thing to suck himself through. That's what I'm you saying know, like, is like you. I don't even know if that's possible, but one, that's what you need. Once Hal stops communicating with him, you know what he's got to do. So then you just cut to his ship already backed up to the door and then he pushes the button. He blows it open. Instead, we see like 10 minutes of him driving the ship for it, backing the ship up, lining it up. Didn't line up right. Lining it up some more. Backing it up some more. <laughs> it's like, jeez fucking Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, like, the same thing with the monkeys, right? Like the monkeys need to be stupid, uh, be aggressive, find the monolith, be violent, and start eating meat and throw the bone in the air. That's all the monkeys have to do. That's it. That didn't take 25 minutes. No, and then the you next could do that in 11 scenes, minutes. <laughs> we need a guy to let us know that there's a big discovery slash cover up and then immediately reveal what that is in the fucking monolith. And then I guess that radio signal is or screeching, whatever the fuck you want to call it, is is how that ends. And then you get into the shit with the guys in hell and you, you just get to it. It's get to it's, it. It's I know it's not that complicated a script. It's actually the script is very simplistic. Like, why it's did totally we need non-verbal. to see? Why did we yeah. need to see a, a five minute scene between him and his daughter talking about him missing her fucking birthday because he's on the fucking moon? <laughs> Which is information we've already have. 
Like, yeah, we know how far away... It doesn't fucking matter, because... We never see him again. He's not a fucking main character. There's nothing up. We don't ever see the fucking family I know. dynamic or anything. There's no. Yeah. Like, our, he doesn't die or get in trouble. And then we worry about him not seeing his daughter anymore because we just move no, on. It, I do question them having commercial flights to the moon there where he's the only one on. And the base that they go to is clearly not big enough to warrant an aircraft that's like that a that like commercial it's not specialized it's it seems to be um hosting commercial people right like a like a customers whatever not like private yeah thing. how is that company surviving if they have one person for per moon flight that makes no yeah. fucking sense yeah that's weird even if he that would is be the, crazy expensive they should have made it like packed they should have made man. it they could have made that thing packed with people all like rich wealthy aristocrats going to the moon they're all, like, dressed nice. They're having drinks on the... Like, they should have fucking... If they wanted to do that, they could have done that. Yeah. Just yeah. pack the plane with a bunch of rich people, and it's like a high society thing. People go to the moon now. That's actually kind of interesting. Because I forget like, that that is a commercial flight till Brent mentioned it. Yeah, it's yeah. got a fucking uh, waitress and everything. Yeah, because he's the only one on it, so it doesn't actually kind of make any sense. No. <laughs> So, I mean, again, not like a deal breaker, but it is kind of like one of those things that introduces a question to you about the world. You're like, what's going on here? Maybe it, maybe that's just one of the stops, I guess. The last stop. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, it's, it's, it's odd for sure. It's odd for sure. It's really weird, um, yeah. Like, I, you can't explain to me the Stargate scene making sense in any way, shape, or form to be that long. I, I, like um, what are the <laughs> what are the auditoriums with the laser shows called the uh, oh the yeah planetariums? yeah planetariums yeah with the, like that's that that's kind of what I feel like it was well, going for I well just, so what I read was apparently this movie was in some financial trouble and there wasn't a lot of people seeing it at first and because of the critical reviews and so the studio actually was going to pull it away from the movie theaters. But the, the movie theater owners were really savvy and they started noticing that all these people who were, who were coming into the theater high, uh, it was starting to get busier and busier all over the place with all these people who were coming, smoking weed and coming and watching the movie. So they actually asked the theaters, the, the uh, distributor, if they could extend the viewing and it became wildly popular with potheads who wanted to watch the Stargate scene like blasted. So <laughs> that saved the movie. Now with YouTube, they can do that and not have to see the rest of this. Yeah, they could just watch the Starscape fucking on your 60-inch screen. How times yeah. have changed. Probably better shit to watch. Yeah, okay. the Well, the Starscape, though, also changes drastically um, from, like, from, like, the kind of what people, once again, ripped off this Stargate, like, a million times. But then yeah. it like changes to like the close up of an eye under like infrared and yeah and land, a, landscapes and yeah it's just purple landscapes it just it doesn't once again need to be that long that could have been like twenty seconds 30 a minute seconds a minute if you really want to give her yeah if you want to push minute. it the, see the like the, still the docking scene the, minute. the the docking scene at eight minutes you know what with all the suspense. And, and what ends up happening would be passable if the rest of the movie didn't have any extra shit. If that was the one long drawn out stylistic yeah. thing 
brooding. Is he going to make it or not? What the fuck is going to happen next? Maybe that would have worked. But by then, I, I was well defeated by that point. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't well also? Defeated. Why couldn't the person who ends up killing Hal be the same guy who who was in the second act and he just got picked for the mission? Maybe he was an astronaut. Like, why couldn't that have been Dave? Why couldn't you have Dave in Act 2 and Dave in Act 3? Why couldn't that have been Dave the whole time? Why do you have to have, like, two different... Act- it doesn't make any sense. Maybe no. and maybe the monkeys were, like, a descendant of Dave. Like, that was Dave's, like, great, 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 great grandfather. Our uncle or whatever the fuck. So it's like the whole thing is about Dave. Dave the monkey. Well... Because he's Dave the old man and Dave the planet fetus. You could have had the monkey do something that Dave does subtly in the second and the third act. And then it would have been like... like beat someone with a club? <laughs> I said subtle. <laughs> <laughs> but so sure. he, could beat a, he could beat the stewardess Maybe with the club. Maybe he just always the touches first. his face or he always scratches his head. So yeah, I'm scratching his head a lot. And, scratches, and then Dave in the second act scratches his head and he scratches his head in the third act. And he's just all... There's something to tie it together. Just trying to help you out here, Stanley. I know that you're you're dead, but maybe your family could we cut this. <laughs> I don't know. No, he burned all the other footage. The footage that was cut, he burned it before his death. Yeah, he should have. He, he could burn. Have seen it. Then he should fucking cut more and burn the rest of that too. <laughs> cut this thing down <laughs> to like could, less than two hours. Much. You could cut this down. I don't down think to it's like, a mystery anymore. Do we want to call this one? Two hours, baby. <laughs> Over I think two we hours. Can call yeah, it. Two I mean, hours we could talk about the music's great. Right? The music's amazing. Directing, obviously, yep. is great. Oh, it's so good, yeah. Cinematography, yeah. like, gorgeous. For the time, the, the too. Like, you so cannot great. help but be impressed by everything technically about this movie. Um, no, yeah. Just to, that, uh, that, that, it, makes, that means it has some, like, good qualities. But the, the story that... I'm glad you guys watched it. I'm glad we watched it together and stuff. You like, kind of have to... I felt like it was... like. A, important for you guys to see it yeah that's the thing is i think like this movie has a place in history and like i said before i can see why people borrowed and stole from this movie because there's so many good ideas here it, this is um, the, well, yeah one of the most influential movies of all time probably for um for set design for special effects for directing for music for cinematography that, yeah like that that's what it is for me is it's a study in how m- movies progressed around this time the leap forward that kubrick uh made and still continues to inspire filmmakers with with techniques and things like that um that's what this movie is good for it's not good for a casual watch even the 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 messages right like as deep as you could make them and yes you can run off in many different directions trying to figure out what the monolith stands for and what it what its role actually is and what is the fucking old aging guy watching yourself get older terrifying fucking future who long who knows how long he went through that and then like giant baby orb beside the earth right like it's fine you can think a whole bunch of different things you can be inspired by this some of the imagery like just gorgeous but and he has the balls too to leave it open-ended and ambiguous and obscure Sure. Like if if sure. people like if people would have learned like um we talked about in the past like Oliver Stone with Platoon could have just like let his movie stand on its own without having to explain it he could a lot of people could have learned from Kubrick if they would have done that but a lot of filmmakers like fuck up their movies at the end by over explaining what the message was right. or the point with either dialogue or voiceover or credits or words or whatever the fuck 
we just dealt with that last week. Not to that extent, but where the fucking Shyamalan puts that little fucking, I have to oh, end the movie yeah, here. I have totally. to show exactly what happened with the last two characters. You fucking yeah. ruined, you, you, you drop that movie 10% just by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. this, this might've inspired people to leave these kind of open-ended endings, like mysterious, mm-hmm. like a little bit of mystery is great. Just not, not, not this much mystery. And, and <laughs> well, and no know. continuity I, and I nothing don't mind to tie giant the dots. Space fetus, you don't like it, eh? No, I, that's not oh, what I'm we saying. Even I'm just saying about everything Jay-Lee. else. So what do you guys think of giant space fetus? So what does that mean to you guys? The giant space fetus at the end. Are, are, have you? What's the you, next have you, step? Yeah, it's the next right? step. That's like so, that's like so. the most evolved human. I think uh, what's his name? Neil deGrasse Tyson says that our bodies are composed of. Uh, the, the same elements as most of the universe, right? We're all kind of, we're all come from the same stuff, however life was formed. It's like all part of that. And so I think I said this a bit before, is that I, I see it as like the evolution of our species um, getting kicked forward into the next gear. I like, I'm, I'm tying this together with Colin's great look at what the monolith probably did was it's the, it, it jacks you into that next phase. And so David gets jacked into the maybe next phase and maybe beyond because that monolith is so like big and orbiting in space, obviously, if you could find that one. Um, and I think like basically he's, it's basically like we're um, part of a, a different or our own or a new universe, right? You're a planet. You're fucking, you're a little fetus, but you're a planet. And that's like, there's a whole microsystem around you, macro system, whatever the fuck. It's just like the next and bigger and onward and more. That's what it, that's what it says to me. And I I like it, right? It it ties it together nicely. I don't know how Hal fits in at all, but. I think that's what, that's what watching it, the benefit in watching it so closely back to back and stuff was, is I think I did a lot more searching for what things kind of meant or what he was trying to do and uh, i mean even the monolith at the end is floating in space when he gets when he gets to saturn or whatever the monolith is there yeah uh floating by the planet and stuff so so i mean like it's got some interesting like did you was that you going i guess you didn't say what you thought oh yeah it doesn't hold up (laughs) Uh, unless you have an an educational reason for watching this movie inspiration for your own film and understanding of what movies used to be like and what people went through to make them you would never ever don't ever watch this movie if it's like oh man it's gonna be cool and you get some popcorn i mean you can get like super fucking wasted and high and watch it maybe no 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 it's still too long even the even the stargate it just wouldn't do it anymore from what everything we've seen yeah that's true that's fair little stuff it's just so from that perspective that's probably why you think it doesn't hold up right yeah, and th- no characters that that I get behind. Um, p- parts of a good story, but just destroyed by everything in between, and nothing um, cohesive enough to tie every little bit together. It's like it's almost like it's too open ended with not much in the middle. Just some super lofty ideas, and all of a sudden you're a you're a fetus planet. So it's frustrating. It was frustrating to watch. It was really hard to watch. Really hard. Even admiring all the beauty. I was like, man, oh man. And you know, like you got also the history of this and, and everyone's like, this is like one of the greats. And I, I see what was great about it. I absolutely do. Like I said, study it for that reason. Just it's not an enjoyable watch. It's not a, it's not, yeah, a good, it's not entertaining. Uh, no. It, it, and it wasn't, I definitely wasn't meant to, uh, to entertain. No, uh, yeah, I can enjoy art in many different forms, but 
this is not one of them. Brent, you want to go? Sorry. Like you too, please. All right. Well, it definitely doesn't hold up. It's, I mean, like, is this a Humpty? I actually, but I will say that I don't think this is a Humpty Dumpty. I no, think I agree. This could, I agree. these definitely could have can been edited into something. And I didn't realize Brent's right. Apparently, based on uh, what I've heard, they shot four times the amount of footage that they ended up showing. So, so was this a Humpty Dumpty? Even even in this footage we see, I don't think this is a Humpty Dumpty. But you would have you would have definitely cut this down in an hour forty-five, maybe even fucking an hour forty. You just yeah. would. T- I would just take a hatchet and a fucking chainsaw and stuff to this. I mean, you could cut out huge swaths. Of, but at the actually at the end of the day, though, um, no, because there is no character to follow. I don't no. care about anybody. I don't know who anybody is. I don't know why I'm watching them. No, no, I think it is a Humpty Dumpty. Sadly, it's it the, doesn't like, hold it, up, it, and it's, it's a Humpty Dumpty. Think about this: if you cut out, if you cut out the apes and the uh, the the busy man at the moon station, if you cut that out and you just started on Hal and and Cruz moon mission. No, you gotta um, have the obelisk. I'm saying you 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 could cut the monkeys down to ten or eleven minutes, then you. You you cut get that guy real fast to the space station. They found another one on the moon. Boom, he show, he you could have you could start it as showing that him going to the thing, and then he's just in the boardroom. You could cut to him right in the boardroom. You could show his travel to the moon. He's in the boardroom. Boom. Then they go see the obelisk. Then you go to the fucking spaceship going to Saturn. You could have fucking like kept everything in there. Just sped that shit up. Hmm. Right, like think about that. The, think of those gigantic cuts. You could have still had, like I said, the the him traveling the space to the thing spinning and the music and stuff. Yeah, but that's the other thing too. He timed all his scenes to the music. Some of these songs are like ten minutes long. The so he fucking edited to that. He didn't cut the songs. He edited to like ten minute song. That's 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 just crazy. That's a crazy yeah. thing to do. Anyway, Brent, what do you think? <laughs> so good. <laughs> ah, good. Okay. It's weighing heavily on him, I can see. It is. It really is. I um I liked laughing about how fucking obviously long this movie was and how obviously <laughs> long a lot of the fucking shots were and like the whole monkey thing in the beginning, I remember us all just being like, fucking Jesus enough already. Let's like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Do you know what I mean? Like you yep. begin to watch, like you begin to think you're watching a fucking a, a nature documentary with yeah. bad fucking reimagined monkeys. So there are things in this movie that are problematic. <laughs> However, Man, I'm really conflicted because I feel like this movie is art. I feel like it's not like, I feel like it's one of those things that shouldn't be held by the same constraints of other movies, right? Because it's not other movies. And like, you look at what the main character is, like to me, maybe we're the main character, right? It's, it's humanity. It's our pro, it's our progression through time and technology and development and evolution and all of this stuff, right? And it, it deals with like, with like our relationships between all of these things. Like it's incredibly deep and I don't disagree 
that there are problems and that cuts could be made and that this movie could be made more of like a cinematic um, classic feature by cinching all that stuff up and having like a really tight narrative that kind of weaves through um, and, and provides us more with somebody to cheer for like we like and like a little bit more proper structure. However, I feel like Second, this is a however. fucking... I feel like this is a wacky um, art house flick. I feel like it's something that that was a really big idea and it was captured. It's it's one of those rare instances where we get something crazy, right? This movie's crazy. And especially when you consider what people would put money after, if you're like, I'm going to do a two and a half pretty fucking quiet take on this thing and it's going to feature these like weird structure of these three acts where I spend a lot of time with these fucking monkeys and then I spend a lot of time with this fucking dad that I don't really care about his kid and there's like a whole like obelisk fucking string running through it's a weird deal man I mean we're it's a fucking weird ballpark we're into yep but I like it actually um and I'm fuck it's tough cause your guys' opinion weighs really heavily on me, but I feel like I got to say it holds up. And I, and I think that it does deserve a watch. Um, I think obviously it belongs in fucking in history and it's definitely a place from where a lot of cinema has moved, um, taking inspiration from it. I find that the music, I find that the direction, I find that even the narrative and the really abstracted kind of view of these things, um, and then even the cliffhanger ending with the fucking weird star fetus. All that stuff to me, um, I think that fits in with shit that I like. So I am going to say that this movie does hold up. Um, don't go into it expecting a movie so much as you go into it expecting like almost like a philosophical um, bit of bit of introspection or, or do you know what I mean? But it's, it's, that's it the, just requires, that's, it requires time and it requires thought and maybe it needs some, I don't know, maybe it needs some space. That's uh that's, but that was the conversation I had with this person today when we were discussing it and I was talking about the long, tedious, boring scenes and stuff. And they were like, yeah, but back then maybe that worked. And I was like, exactly. So does this hold up today? Like, has it aged so badly that it's a worse movie today than than? But when you it was, straight up said out? that those things were the same complaints of the time, and this movie was reviewed. But I'm saying like these, those have definitely gotten worse. <laughs> like, it's a, yeah, that's but, been but our attention span has gotten magnified. Worse. Like we are we are crazy victims of, and I would say we are not made better by that. So I, agree with I that would say part, that our 100%. short attention spans are not a good quality in in modern man. Um, and as a result, I, I, would, I don't review. I, would agree I, with I, I don't disagree that an eight-minute docking or a fucking eight-minute um, star fucking gate is is what I'd love to see every time, right? No, yeah. but I'm saying like these things are are two components of a whole. Like, and if I'm weighing the whole, the whole outweighs the parts. And, and I, like I would the, say the movie we watched last week was a very slow deliberate movie and it, it holds up with and all three of us thought it held up with fucking spades so so that movie yes but these aren't mutually suffer, exclusive 
But no, but that movie would suffer from the same types of things as we were talking about attention span. Yet that movie can hold my attention in 2021. And this movie can't. So for me, that's a problem with this movie is like our uh, Shawshank Redemption or... There's many movies that are dramatic and slow. I would say that this movie do did hold, up. hold your attention, though. It's well, just those it long twice. scenes that make you sway. I watched it twice, but like within like a couple of weeks. But I watch it from a more of a which is like 16 hours of but fucking not a, 2001. I but I watch it from more of a, an analytical standpoint, um, not a enjoyment standpoint. Of uh, yeah, yeah that's like once again. I, I, I think I think like the way you described what you liked about this movie, Brent. I, I wish for me the movie was like that because I see potential here. I see lots of it, but yeah. it's not those two scenes that you used as examples: the Stargate, the docking scene. Um, it's just this movie's full of that. It's all over. The apes are too long. The second second act with the guy is just it, it's it's pointless. So by the time we get to what I actually find interesting, there's not enough of it, and it's not as impactful as I'd like love the open-ended yeah. stuff so yeah is more is that that the, if he would have had a lot less of that then the other stuff would have been more and and that that's a that was a big problem I think and uh yeah. and once again we we I do agree with you on the on us our attention spans being shrunk to to the point where they are is a huge negative thing and I think that is a gross thing that we will suffer for, um, you know, and will make us worse people. We are suffering for. On the yeah. other, on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, I I don't know if it's necessarily in all cases an attention span thing that like a, a movie that's over two hours has to be a fucking great movie. No matter how old it is, it's got to be a great movie um, to to keep the audience's attention. And uh, the, the, I don't know. Again, this one just doesn't do it. For do me, you want to so. live in a world where 2001 doesn't exist? No, I, I no. It's so important. Yeah, that that and I'm not saying it's it not important up. either. But would you watch it again soon, Brent? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, after watching with you guys, I got the sense that neither of you would ever watch it again. Enjoy it. I'm a hunter. I can <laughs> sit and stare at nothing for like a long as long time. As I don't have to watch it with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Even, it, fair enough. Yeah, no, if I thought about it, the whole point is opinions. Yeah, this would be an easy. Do I want to watch this or pretty much, you know, or Bloodsport? I'm sorry, Van Dam wins. Okay, now <laughs> we're so, now we're walking on sensitive territory. Well, I know, Sport. I know. Brent loves Bloodsport. Don't do that. Bloodsport every time, Don't make baby. Him choose. I know. Don't right? make him choose between <laughs> his babies. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if I had grown up with this movie, if it would have had more of an impact on me. Um, because I, I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I didn't give it a fair shake. Um, when I was a kid, I found it very movie. tedious and boring as well. I yeah, enjoy like, it more. I, I enjoy it much more now. I enjoy it a yes. million times more now than when I was a kid. Because no of, wonder. You wouldn't have a fucking clue what's happening. Oh, no, I wanted to see Wookiees and, and robots. And like yeah. that was way better for me when you're a kid. This is definitely not something to watch for a young kid. Can you imagine getting Ellie to watch, Brent? You should watch this with Ellie. <laughs> dun, dun, yeah, dun, dun. No. <laughs> See what Ellie thinks. Time. No, she, she's a six-year-old kid. She's going to be like, uh, 
Fuck this movie. Let's go. So you're like, what? <laughs> Let's go do better shit. Yeah, but this movie, I mean, but this movie is not for kids, dude. Like, this No, that's is, what I'm like, saying. Un- when I was a you kid. I couldn't get her to watch Unbreakable either, but fucking Jesus. <laughs> no, when I was a kid, I couldn't, I, I couldn't stand this movie. Yeah, I, I wanted to watch this, Alien this and this movie I wanted is to watch perfect Star Wars. for a certain people, right? Yeah. You I need agreed. to be probably, I wouldn't say a certain age so much as a certain place mentally. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to be you need to be open to this movie. You need to be open to the dialogue and the and the thinking and the questions about it. Right. I really like the philosophy and stuff behind it. I, I, it's great. I find All that, that stuff is great. That's I don't need to know anything more about the that's monolith. I don't need it, to know that's more. That's what saves it for the watch. I mean, that's why I justified yeah. in watching it a second time is because of the philosophy, which I like. So, I mean, there's there's yeah. definitely stuff here to like. It just doesn't make the hold up list for me. There's, yeah, there's I just not see stuff a here to watch. Where the fucking star fetus ter- goes to Earth? And is there like not? A super there person. is a sequel. There's a there sequel, a Brent. Sequel. It's called 2010, and it stars what? Roy Scheider. It stars right, Roy right. Scheider from Jaws. It's it's a yeah. sequel. I'll watch it with you. It's Roy what? Scheider, baby. Oh, let's totally watch that. How did I not <laughs> a lot about this fucking movie? How did I not fucking? I forgot until we started talking this about it. Sequel. I've seen the Who, sequel. I actually, I don't think when Kubrick I was a kid, did the sequel, though. I liked the sequel better when I was a kid than this one. I prefer the uh, sequel because it's not Stanley said. Kubrick. Yeah, it's not Kubrick. Yeah. Who? I can't remember who directed it, actually, to be honest with you. Uh, I can't either. Uh, but it was a famous director, and he got, yeah, he got Roy Scheider. <laughs> uh, it's, called Roy. 2000, it's called 2010, The Year We Made Contact. It's less than two hours long, and the description is a joint U.S.-Soviet expedition is sent to Jupiter to learn what happened to Discovery and how. Dun dun dun. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's not a star that. fetus thing at all, or maybe it is. I don't know. Well, it has a star fetus in on the cover. That's the does picture. Roy Scheider say we're gonna need a bigger boat? A bigger fetus. I hope so. A bigger ship. We need a bigger fetus. <laughs> we need a bigger fetus. Oh my We're God. gonna need a bigger fetus. All well, right, well, yeah. Ship goes uh, into space. Sounds, Our space. It sounds like. It sounds like. Um, I, I don't think we disrespected this movie too badly. We sh- anyway, no, we like should. we definitely acknowledged the things that are great about it. We gave it its due diligence. Uh, yeah, I think so. The rest of it comes down to personal preferences. You know, Brent kind of unleashed some of this in uh, the Dances with Wolves episodes when he liked the the l- long brooding stuff at the start. I think he said this room needed the room to br- this movie needed the room to breathe, and I I agreed with um, me and Dave. Some, me and Dave Griesen got into an argument about the Dances with Wolves thing beginning too, but at the end of the day, I I, I still wasn't a fan. But no, whatever. it's too long. Sounds, like, sounds like Dave's like got a good brain on him. Thumbs down, Dave. He, want, he still wants to be a come, come a guest on the show and do one of the other Lords of the Wings or whatever. We should uh, we should do that with with that. It'll be fun to have an, another person. Uh, I'd love to do a fucking Lord of the Rings. I missed the first one as a yeah. Get on Dave was the guest then, and I would love to do another Lord of the Rings. Okay, I and the two just rewatched all of them and the Hobbits. The two oh, towers man. is uh, was my always my favorite of the of the uh, Lord of the Rings as well. So. Well, we'll let's see if we can line that up for as soon so as COVID's do, done. 
Yeah, so well, we can, the well, he same can, fate as, Dave, uh, has, as Dave has some of these. Dave has some of this equipment as well, that microphones and stuff. So we, we might be able to do it on Zoom, maybe. Oh, Dave, we might hook you up. Buddy. We've got a list though that we're running on, so it might not be for a couple months. We'll figure it out. There's so many movies, so many things to so do. So little time. So an important flick, two to one on whether to watch it. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying don't watch it though, but yeah, oh, two to one on. It was hold just up. me. All right, two, two say watch it. One John says, says don't watch Fash. it. John I'm not changing my mind uh, uh, unless you want to study this for specific reasons. Do if not. If you're a filmmaker it. or a, a, a student of film, yeah, watch. This. I'm the gatekeeper of this movie, and that's what I say. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, everybody. This was a good one. Uh, we will see you in the next one. What do we got next, fellas? Anyone know? I'm just I'm I, just pulling it up actually. We don't even know. So many movies. Uh, payback. It's a good one. And then Payback. Old Boy. Oh. Payback with Mel payback Gibson? With Mel who Gibson? fucking I picked Payback? Snuck it in there. Who's picked? John did. Payback? I have a feeling it's going to hold up. Okay. I say good pick. I can't wait oh. to watch it. I'm yeah. excited to watch it too. I just am surprised. I, I, I forgot that I'm movie existed. It. Yeah. Yeah, I know, right? You forget about those little Mel Gibson movies. When he has that real deep voice. Oh my God! Listen to the next little bit. We got some good ones. We got payback. Then we got old boy, a nice little Korean fucking revenge flick. Oh then yeah. We got down and out in Beverly Hills, which I know Colin's all about. Oh then dude, dude. Nick Nolte. we're gonna watch that together, Brent. Don't watch it without me. Nick Nolte. No, absolutely. Yeah. Do we not started watch it watching it the me. other night, Colin. It's on Disney. It's so good, man. It's so good. You're, I think you're going to... I hope you really like it. Uh, I'm, I, think, yeah. I haven't been as pumped for the fucking lineup that we've been going through in a long time. Payback like is a been, super interesting movie, I think. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. Nice. All right. Well, you heard it. we got some big ones coming up. So check them out. Make sure you keep tuning in. Every Sunday, we drop our episodes around noon mountain time. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.